Adam, good morning. Good morning, Jack. Once again, another beautiful day in Cleveland. Snow melting. Uh, looks like a good day. Gonna be a good day. The sun comes out, it'll be terrific. Eventually. Eventually, that's right. Cavs are winning. They're, they're trying to legitimize them. But that usually puts the whammy on them, but just let them play. Let them have some fun. They seem to be having a lot of fun. Right. That's a big factor. It's a big factor for the environment to have a fun place that you can go to whenever you're practicing, whenever you're, you know, whenever the team's got to be together. You have some guys that feel good about each other and themselves. So that makes it pretty good. Yeah, if you're looking forward to getting out of bed every morning, Jack, it's a good thing. And you know, looking forward to your day and the people you're going to be with. And you know, if you're if you're enjoying your your work that way, that's uh, that's a great place to be, Jack. That's where everybody should yeah. be, right? That's where everyone wants to be. Well, most people want to be there. Certainly, good people want to be in that environment. I mean, who wants to be in a negative? Some of these dirty jobs that Mike Rowe. Uh, uh, well, you've heard of him. We've talked about him a number of times. Right. He has that program, Dirty Jobs. And some jobs really are, are horrific. It's like being in hell, you know? And you know, people will, will, there's all kinds of people that will do anything. And a lot of people want to demand and get an environment that's going to be friendly to them. That's kind of driving this this trend today of of uh, so many jobs available, but people are taking it or they're they're resigning from different jobs very quickly when they get into it. And there's there's reasons for that. There has to be reasons for everything, right? Sure. So what you know? How do you how do you as a small business owner combat that? How do you combat the modern trend right now? of people hiring on and then leaving rather quickly. Could be months, matter, maybe weeks, maybe days that they leave. That's, that's unprecedented, pre-pandemic pre, uh, stuff that, that uh, you know, is going on today. Everyone's scratching their heads trying to figure it out. Hey, people should look for a job when they're available, and they are. And when they get there, they got to work to conform to the environment that they're in. Right. But they're saying they being people resigning and moving on, coming into the workforce in their interview, they are laying the terms that they want. And if they don't get it, they walk out. And companies are finding that they have quite a bit of power. They being the people who are resigning and demanding the, uh, the changes. You want an environment that's, that's friendly, that's, that's, uh, workable, that's progressive, that progressive in the sense that they can progress their careers, move their careers along. You know, they want, they want to spend those eight to 10 hours on a 40 hour week, eight to 10 hours they want to spend in an environment that's conducive, not draining outside of the hard work maybe that has to be involved. So what do you think? What do you think we got going on in this country today? It's not just the U.S. It's all over, but mostly in the U.S. Yeah, we'll focus on the U.S. to kind of start with. And, you know, as you said, this is something that's, that's impacting everyone. I don't care if you have a big business, small business, if you're an employee, an owner, you know, whatever it might be. You know, we've all heard that term. It's now been coined the, the great resignation, Jack. And, 
Um, if, if folks have been listening to the, to the show for a while, you, or if you know us off air, you, you know that Jack and I are both big fans of Inc. Magazine, I-N-C, Inc. Magazine. Uh, a lot of great entrepreneurial stories in there, usually pretty easily digestible stuff and inspirational things as part of that, Jack. And it was an article there that kind of caught our, caught our attention in terms of, of the, the great resignation. And, and do, do you know, you know they, 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 there's some stats I quoted from the, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, Jack. So one of the parts of our, our federal government here tracking all this stuff. And between April 2021 and September 2021, so what's that, that's six months? Yeah. There are over 24 million Americans that left their jobs. 24 million. That's about 4 million a month. Kind of just walking out. Say, hey, it's been nice. Yeah, we'll we'll see you later, Jack, right? <clears throat> so it got us to thinking about this in, in terms of some of the, 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 the findings. And again, there, there are a lot of stories, a lot of things you might hear, a lot of headlines you might hear or see um, out there in terms of this resignation. And and there's some myths out there, I guess, in terms of why people are leaving. You know, you know, as you're kind of alluding to, Jack, as, as people are kind of coming in, it's like, hey, whether the folks are currently working for you or some of your interviewing, they come in and they want to dictate terms. And so I think one of the, the common myths is that the pay is the biggest reason why people are leaving. And this Inc. article quotes a study, and it, it was published in the, the, the MIT Sloan Management Review. You know, MIT is a pretty good fancy, fancy school up there in the, uh, in the East Coast, in the, in the Boston area. And they did some studies, and, and, and the studies showed that in fact, compensation is ranked number 16 in terms of 16. Wow. In terms of predicting employee turnover, 16th. So it's not all I about. I, I don't know if I believe that, <laughs> but it's ranked in the article anyway. So, okay. Well, so it's not all about the money, right? And so what they did, part of what we want to do today is want to kind of just dive into this a little bit. Uh, they have kind of the top five reasons that they that they talk about people leaving. They, they have more, obviously, but we want to kind of dig into the top five a little bit. But then they also have some suggestions, Jack, in terms of, you know, you know, a few things you can do to kind of to help to maybe stop this, right, and be able to kind of uh, uh, help increase your retention so you don't have people kind of turning over. So <clears throat> the number one reason that people are leaving or the, the, the number one predictor of people leaving and this is um, something that we've talked about before, but I think people talk about too, but they're labeling it toxic corporate culture. Okay, toxic corporate culture. And would you believe that the toxic corporate culture is 10 times more important than compensation? 10 times. No yeah. freaking way. No freaking way. <laughs> let, that, let that sink in for a minute, right? They're saying that the, that the culture is 10 times more important than the pay, the compensation. I reference I referenced dirty jobs before. Mm -hmm. Some of those jobs, you, you know, it's got to be all about money. It's got to be, you know, going down in some of those holes that they go into for for whatever reasons, whatever they're exploring for. There's there's just some physically toxic jobs sure. that you don't take. Period. Sure. But people sure. will take them. So, yeah, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, and, and who you're with. And as we know, Jack, people will get enjoyment <clears throat> out of different things. And we've, we've talked about here on the air, you know, several times about how, how you get different joys out of collection calls, you know, collecting money from people, right? In terms of, okay, so people have different <laughs> different senses of humor or things that they get joy out of. And a, a big part of it comes down to the people side of it, right? So, so the idea of, you know, a toxic corporate culture. And so 
So what does that mean? So, so what are you doing to create or not create that, that culture? That's a big reason why people leave. And you know, you'll often hear or the, the phrase of the grass is greener or maybe the grass isn't greener. People assume that, hey, well, maybe the place is a mess here or that if I have somebody else I'm, I'm talking to is raving about their culture. And, you know, people will, 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 will think differently about it from that standpoint, just, you know, that, that, that they'll be aware. But the, the, the culture, by far, they're saying, is, is the number one thing here, you know. And so if you have a toxic corporate culture, you're probably in trouble. You're probably feeling that pain a lot more than many other people are at this point. What well, in this highly, about. highly sensitized world we live in, you know, focusing on college campuses for a minute with safe places and you know, uh, microaggression words. And uh, it, it seems like the sensitivity level has been raised tremendously for defining the word toxic culture. Right. But uh, we used to growing up, I'll say it, you know, I'm an older guy. So uh, when we grew up, those kind of things weren't, you know, those were jokes, jokes were made of those, not sensitivity levels and worrying about what somebody thinks so much, just Kind of say it, do it, laugh at it, and move on. So a blend between that and safe places are really what we should be shooting for, in my opinion. Well, culture is something that you can feel. And I, I give people an example. Like most people have had a chance to fly at some point. Hopefully you've had a chance to maybe fly with Southwest versus some other airlines. And Southwest is kind of known as one of those places that has a very different culture. And you can you can feel it. Just, you know, stepping on the airplane in terms of how people address stuff, how they... You know, how they do something simple is kind of go through whatever the the FAA requires them to, to talk about, right? In terms of putting your seatbelt on all the safety measures and how they do that and how they approach it is very different, let's say, versus another airline, right? And so you can often feel the culture at some of these places being being different. So that, I think if you, if, you, if, you, if you pause and kind of think through this a little bit in terms of, you know, companies you've experienced that, have, that you would say have, have good cultures. However you define that in terms of, again, you know, maybe it's in terms of your experience with them, how they handle things. Maybe it's a complaint you had with somebody and, and they handle it well, you know, instead of being a, a massive fight, it was, hey, you know, they, they handled it well and made a very, very positive impression on you, right? But the culture is a big, big thing from that standpoint. And, and, and you know, if people are not purposeful about it, you know, there's a culture for every organization, Jack. The question is who's kind of in charge of that, who's kind of directing it and making it kind of happen. And so, but that's, again, by far the, the number one predictor of, of, of people leaving. So, if you're having a you know a turnover issue in your company, that's a good first place to kind of start. Hey, do we have a toxic corporate culture, or it's just a, it's a, it's a tough place to work? You know, again, the, the physical work is one thing, Jack, but again, it's more the other other things that are surrounding that, the people and the way things are done. I, th I think that's a big big deal for folks. So that that's by far number one, right? Number two, and you know this could tie into it, Jack. You know, we talk about some like corporate culture. Um, but number two, they talk about is, is job insecurity and reorganization. So maybe you've had experience with that, you know, yourself with, with different organizations you've been part of, where all of a sudden, hey, we had a reorganization that happened, right? What does that mean? Or, or reshuffling of stuff. And usually what those reorganizations mean is, hey, um, people are losing their jobs, perhaps, or things are moving around, or there's some shifting kind of going on. And I'm not quite sure what's going on, Jack, but I see changes happening and you know, nobody from, from up top is really telling me anything. So I'm talking to the folks here on the front line and they're, they're telling me stuff. And as we know, people like, like rumors, Jack, and, and rumors can, can kind of feed on themselves. And if I don't have good information and I'm not being told anything, I, I, I kind of have to go with what, what's out there. Or I try to draw my own conclusions in terms of what's kind of going on. So 
if people feel like there's, you know, there's some insecurity in terms of their jobs, they maybe the company isn't doing so well, you know? So when COVID hit, what happened? You know, did, did, did we're all of a sudden, were there mass layoffs, you know, as part of your company or people being, you know, you know, put aside, was there a reorganization going on that can create a lot of stress and strain. People said, Hey, maybe this paycheck isn't so stable after all, Jack. It's the, un the uncertainty of it all is the big part. You know, I have a, family to feed and bills to pay. And, and, uh, you know, I really can't count on this place being around for another year. Uh, sure. You know, that, that could, you could see how people would be unsettled with that. I need a better place to work where I can advance and have comfort that the company will be around six months from now. Right. <clears throat> and if, if people are, you know, we're going to come back to the culture piece. If there's some transparency, you're talking to people about what's going on and you explain them what, what's going on during times and bad, you know, having that kind of open, open look to stuff that serves here's here's why things are going well here's here's our plans if things aren't going well here, here's what our plans are so to be able to, to, to engage the team and, and involve the team in those plans um and getting involved with those plans too is helpful but just if you it starts with kind of letting them know what's going on otherwise they'll again they're going to talk jack you know so the question is you know you as the owner are you helping them uh with good information that's accurate or are you letting them just kind of talk about whatever they they hear or draw their own conclusions based on very, very limited information in terms of what's kind of going on. Well, with our, with our coaching, with Maximum Value Partners, our coaching company, we, uh, we try to instill in the owners the need for communication. People like to use that word. And really, you, you communicate through meetings or through Zoom or through in-person uh, uh, gatherings. And we try to lay out and have them, them being the owners, think about how they're going to do that. How are they going to let the people in the company, their workers, know what's going on in the company? If you're just uh, sourpussed and grumbly and don't do anything or schedule a meeting a month in advance and then not show it or cancel it, you know, those kind of things are opportunities totally wasted on shaping the culture of your company. You know, you can talk to them about the financial condition of the company. You can talk about big orders, big customers, plans for the future. They want to hear that. And the best way to do that is through meetings. That's, you know, that, that and in spite of the, the bad rap meetings you get, they're wonderful if done well. And we teach our clients how to do that. And that, that creates an environment of positiveness because people know What's going on in the company? Hopefully, it should be power, uh, should be uh, very progressive, and have the confidence that the management knows what it's doing by the way they explain where we're headed, why we're headed that way, what's good, what's bad about it all. And you, as the leader of that company, should have the answers, or at least good answers, or at least, the very least, be willing to do some investigation and start to talk about and inform people on certain things going on in the company and solicit their advice. Try to get them involved in promoting the betterment of the company. There are so many ways to do that in good ways and fun ways and you know, progressive, profitable ways. So, yes, I understand. So, yeah, so as I was saying, that, that kind of ties into to, to number one in terms of corporate culture, Jack, in terms of how you do things and how you don't do things and, and what you communicate. And so communication is a big deal in terms of helping provide that security. And, and you've been, you're being judged how you handle this stuff. You know, you're often you know, being judged by how you handle the, the negative situations more so than the positive situations. 
And so we've, you know, as business owners, we've all been under some, some tremendous tests these last couple of years, you know, when it comes to COVID. So, so that's number two, the, the whole job and security reorganization. So if, if people are feeling a little insecure about the, you know, the, the, their job being around, or like you said, Jack, the company just being around, that creates tremendous stress for people. And they're going to start looking around and kind of see, you know, what other opportunities exist out there. So that's number two. Number three was, it was one that kind of made it, made us pause a little bit, but as we kind of dig into a little bit, we start to kind of, you know, can make some sense out of it. And this one is high levels of innovation, Jack. So if you're part of an organization that has a lot of innovation going on, that's a good uh, tip off that there might be, you know, quite a bit of turnover going on. And, you know, they gave a couple of examples here in terms of like, you know, just different types of companies. And so they said like, for instance, you know, people are more likely to stay with Ford versus let's say Tesla because Tesla's going through a lot of innovations and things kind of going on. And we've talked a lot about, you know, like high growth situations that, 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 that we'll see that, that, that we've been involved in. And, and everybody loves to grow, 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 Jack. Let's keep on growing and, you know, let's, let's scale and, and, and grow faster. Well, when you grow quickly, that creates a lot of stress as well. A lot of stress in the organization and the people in the organization. And so that's true for high levels of innovation where things kind of come in and they change. And so, one of the things that we talk about a lot, Jack, is DISC and, be, and behavior assessments, you know, DISC and people's styles. And so you have certain styles, the, the D and the I part of DISC, that, 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 that like to make some changes to, to kind of mix things up a little bit. Whereas the S's and the C's, you know, those more reserved folks on, on, on DISC parlance prefer kind of steady, stable stuff, Jack, more predictable systems and routines. And so if every day I'm coming in or every I'm coming in and things are changing, Hey, we're, we're, we're changing our, our operating software, Jack, to do it this way, or we're, we're, we're doing this, we're changing this. And if there's constant kind of changes going on, um, different things that are kind of happening, not everybody's kind of built for that. Not everybody's built for those kind of changes. So sometimes people just want to kind of come to work and kind of know what to expect in terms of what's, you know, in terms of what's kind of going on. And so those high level of innovation can create tremendous stress within the organization. Well, that's true. You know, people don't like to change generally. They like their routines. They build, they build their, their days and everything around their routines. So yeah, if you're constantly disrupting it, uh, I'm going to be thinking to myself, boy, this isn't fun to go to. I don't know what's going to hit me. I, I don't, I'd like to be able to get my little workspace uh, in, in order and keep it that way. And if I'm changing every day, every week, yeah, it is. It becomes stressful for a lot of people. And I can see that being a reason that they're leaving. So it's always changing. Nothing's ever the same. Yeah, you'll talk about things, you know, we've talked about a lot, which is like work-life balance, those kind of things. And, you know, so trying to find that balance, well, okay, you finally feel like I'm getting, a, getting a good balance kind of going on, all of a sudden, oh, something else changed, right? So all of a sudden, it just, it, it, you're constantly in that thing. And so again, Certain folks like that, but I'd say the, the vast majority of folks probably do not like that. That's not necessarily viewed as a you know as a positive thing that we're, we're always innovating. So, mm -hmm. so that one kind of kind of threw a little curveball. That was number three. Uh, number four, again, this ties back into number one in terms of culture again, Jack, which is uh, failure to recognize employee performance. So that's a you know big words for saying hey, just let, let people know what's kind of going on. You know to. Um, to take care of people, to, to recognize them, to give them the 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 boys, the girls, the, the pats in the back. Just you know, whether it be public praise, private praise, let them know. If, if people are doing a great job, let them know. And if you have some folks who aren't quite doing such a good job, okay, we got to separate people a little bit, right? You know, your high performers, we're not high performers, and 
and you know let them know what what's important to you you know if, if you aren't if you aren't talking about what's what's good work or what you what you value as as the owner as the boss well people will assume hey whatever people are doing if you keep them on the payroll then they must be doing okay even if they aren't maybe doing so good and so what do you do to kind of recognize people for for what they're doing you know you don't you know we, we don't need to be giving away trophies every day jack but hey you might want to be giving away some annual annual uh, awards to kind of acknowledge let people know what's kind of going on Sure, that's important. It comes back to meetings of different types and kinds. And, you know, to have little surprises, positive surprises to your employees, that goes a long way, too. Because people like to see that, the recipients as well as the, the observers. You know, they like to see what, what uh, I mean, they like to see those things happen. It's a feel-good kind of opportunity. And it recognizes and, and quite frankly develops, uh, you know, hey, I, if he got it, I can do it too. It's a little bit of extra effort. If those, if those awards and recognitions are worthwhile, and they often are if they're done within the, uh, you know, all employee meeting kind of thing. And hey, Adam here, this is uh, the first annual Adam, the first annual surprise for something, first annual recipient of the whatever, you know. And different companies try this and it seems to go along uh, try try things like employee of the month and I don't know how well those work you know you see them in fast food restaurants and the like and and I'm guessing it's probably okay it's recognizing something that's done for the company in a positive way and that can only do good for the culture it, it just it's one of those things in the company that's unique to the company and it's nice so yeah those things are important and they're important to, 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 to most people not not everybody i mean i'll come back to to disc again jack and so um if you look at the folks who are more kind of those cds you know those are more task focused focused people and they really just like the work you know the work in of itself is a big deal and they aren't they aren't really good with the recognition stuff in fact it's often awkward when you're talking to those people and, and recognizing them or you know Instead of saying, hey, tell me more about how great I am, Jack, they're going, ah, you know, they kind of brush it aside and, you know, can't get out of the spotlight fast enough. So depending who you're talking to, and be aware of that. But when we look at that, you know, those, those C and D style folks are about only about a third or 40% of the population. The other 60 plus percent, those S's and I's are those more people folks, Jack. And those are the folks that really, again, even if they're part of those teams and those teams are just absolutely killing it, you know, doing great, meeting all their goals, achieving deadlines and, you know, and doing great work. If they aren't recognized for their contributions as part of that team, they start to get antsy after a little while. Hey, feel like, hey, people are taking advantage of me, Jack. They're, they're taking me for granted. Hey, folks don't appreciate me around here. You know, those kind of things. And so, again, it's, it's catching people doing the right things, giving them the pats in the back and being aware who, who really needs those things, you know, and, and, and being conscious about it. And, you know, once a year is great. But, you know, it should be, again, day in, day out, week in, week out, where you're, 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 you're recognizing people just, again, letting them know how much you appreciate them. And, you know, again, being aware of that and, and, and being very conscious and very purposeful about it is often very helpful from that standpoint. So, again, to me, that ties back into to corporate culture, Jack. You know, and if you aren't recognizing people, that can create a kind of a toxic place, right? Hey, does anybody care about me here? Do they even notice that I'm doing stuff, right? I mean, you know, do they know that I'm, I'm doing great and, and she's over there doing terrible. And, you know, do, you know do, does it even matter? Wait, she's getting paid more than that. Also, yeah, you sort of kind of go back and forth. What's, what's going on here, right? Yeah, that's, that's important. I mean, it is. It's important to 
to spend some time thinking about how you're going to do that and have a plan, you as the owner of the business, have a plan for recognizing good work and either make a bigger deal out of it or a smaller dealer, but make sure you do something like that. Very important. I could see that. That was number four. Number four. And then number five is more um, current, I would say, Jack. And it talks about uh, the poor response to COVID-19. So that depends on the, it's like art and beauty, right? The, the, the eye of the beholder here, right? So depending what you view as a good response. So if your idea of a good response is, hey, we have all kinds of restrictions and, and mask mandates and everything else, that's what I want to kind of do. So I feel like I'm taking care of and safe versus... Hey, I want it to come in and people to, you know, give us some freedoms to do stuff and decide what we want to do. That's how I want to kind of handle. So the idea of a poor response, that's kind of, like I said, it's more in the eye of the beholder, but that's how people, you know, that was the fifth thing that they said in terms of just in terms of in their view, if their company was, was responding poorly to, to COVID-19, I think a lot of it comes back, back to, again, feeling, feeling safe, feeling, you know, feeling healthy, feeling valued, um, you know, doing things that not necessarily are, in the interest of profits, Jack, but maybe in the interest of taking care of my people, you know what I mean? So how that was kind of handled. And I'm guessing most of us have talked to people, we've heard some anecdotes or some stories of things that didn't go so well during COVID that people weren't too happy about. So some of those kind of situations, I think Jack, or, or, or yeah, that's what they're saying is number five for, for part of what's driving this whole great resignation here over the last year or so. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that pay is, is so, such a low ranked, uh, item in that study <clears throat> well huh? i don't know we've been talking about that for years jack we've talked about and we've mentioned it a bunch of times here on the show and as we we, we guide our clients we talk about you know, pay yeah, pay you know, people care about pay obviously right people, people aren't coming to work for free and we'll often guide people to say look you know it's it, shoot for being in the top quartile you know that, that kind of top 25 percent of your industry so you're taking care of people and you're paying them well. It doesn't necessarily have to be the, the you know, you're the top 1%, but if you're the top 25%, where again, you're taking care of your people. That's, again, that's a good thing. That's, you know, as you look at that stuff, to me, that's important. But these other things, as they're kind of highlighting here, Jack, these other things are also very important, right? Just, you know, the, the, the pay in of itself, you know, but it's, it's amazing how we often will hear that from a lot of the small business owners. That's what they talk about. Hey, I got to pay my people more. I got to do this. Okay, well, what other things you, you know, part of the idea is what other things can you kind of offer besides just the pay? Because again, the pay isn't necessarily the answer. And it may be frustrating for here, all of a sudden I'm increasing my pay and I'm not reducing that turnover rate, Jack. So what's kind of going on there? Well, that's, you know, that's, it's very true. Uh, if, if pay is way out of sync, if you're in the bottom quartiles, obviously, uh, you know, you aren't going to be retaining and holding or even probably getting uh, good employees. You're going to get desperate employees who can't really catch on somewhere else. And, and we, yeah, we've talked about this. Pay is important. You, know, you can't minimize that. But it, uh, it isn't by far the only thing involved. Good people, good feeling, good environment. Those things are important for the work balance. And they've always been important, but the masses have never really gotten them. And, you know, now they're demanding it. You know, if you're, if you're the boss, uh, you can go out golfing on a Wednesday or a Thursday or whatever the heck it is during the week. You, you got a lot of freedom to roam. You don't necessarily have to be in the office chained to a, a, a workstation. At right. four o'clock, uh, somebody comes around and puts the key in and takes the locks off, you know. 
I mean, that <clears throat> that would drive me nuts personally, but I don't know what percentage of the workforce I represent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing we learned years ago is that we aren't always the best focus group, right? In terms of kind of our, our views and opinions on stuff, it captures our views and opinions, not necessarily the accurate views and opinions of the of the masses, so to speak. But uh, you know, as you're talking there again, you know what's what's nice too, Jack, is is I gave some examples or suggestions about ways to help um, increase your retention. You know, help make sure you know again, uh, it would also help, I'm sure, attract people too. But again, starting with with, with the whole retention thing to make sure that the people you've got are going to be sticking around, at least the people you want to kind of stick around. So I gave some 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 good ideas, a handful of ideas here we want to just kind of touch on briefly, Jack, and really most of them really don't cost any money either, Jack. Okay, so. The first one that, that they suggest was a lateral career opportunities. And again, something that we see often in small business, Jack, where it's like, okay, well, I got 10 people, I got 12 people, I got 15 people. Well, there's only so far somebody can work their way up that proverbial ladder, right? To keep on progressing. At some point, they, 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 they hit up against the owner in terms of what's kind of going on. So how do I create opportunities for my people and to, to kind of grow and do different things? And part of what they're saying is, well, not everybody's concerned with kind of going up that ladder per se, right? But they're looking at different opportunities and, and, and maybe changing up their jobs or having different jobs that they could do or grow. And you know, one of the books we talk about a lot, you know, whether on the air or off the air, is, is an, an oldie but goodie called Good to Great by Jim Collins. And it is getting old, too. It's still good. Well, there's, there's a lot of wisdom and, and, and good principles that, 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 that have carried over time. And one of the things that he talks about, he, he makes an analogy in the book and he makes an analogy with your company being like a bus, right? Kind of making that, making that analogy and talking about the people. Well, the, the idea with the people is you want to get the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus, right? So when it comes to your organization, do you have the right people on the, you know, as part of your organization, okay? That's step one. Now, if I get everybody who belongs in the bus or a part of my organization there, now I got to find what seats do they fit in? And so, you know, we, 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 we'll talk to, to small businesses. We'll talk about, you know, one of the things we, we have them do, Jack, is create an, a functional org chart, a functional org chart, which talks about which jobs and duties are being done. Because if people start with just an org chart in terms of the people, well, if I got seven, eight, 10 employees, well, I only have seven or eight or 10 boxes on that page, Jack. And I put up, put some different titles down or things that are, that are kind of going that don't necessarily cover what's kind of, you know, what's going on. So the idea here being, again, in terms of kind of lateral career opportunities, is well, what other things, things could somebody get involved in? What other parts of the business could they get involved in? Maybe learn a new part of the business, you know, you know ways for them to kind of grow, you know, do things a little differently or to kind of change things up a little bit for them. But having the opportunity to kind of grow and, and kind of move within the organization, not necessarily having, again, to progress and going up that ladder per se, but just, you know, being able to, to have new or fresh challenges or opportunities within the organization. That that was the number one thing that they, that they were saying that you know it's um, you know even better than promotions you know mm -hmm. to have that have, have that ability to kind of be able to kind of just move around a little bit. I and could see that. that. So I thought that was a good a good idea. Uh, number two, you were kind of alluding to this before, Jack, and the, and this is something that we know has been popular and talked about for a, a while, but really has come to the forefront here in the last couple of years, you know, since COVID hit, and that is. Re remote work assignments or you know remote work arrangements in terms of you know being able to work like you said from somewhere else you know maybe it's permanently or maybe it's a couple of days a week or a couple hours a day kind of thing but you know the, the idea of of being able to if you're you don't have to physically be there can you do your work remotely and being you know being open to that versus again prior to covid we saw a lot of folks that were really pushing back hard on that jack in terms of hey no i want to 
I want you here. I want to be able to see you and know that you're here doing stuff, right? That's it. Versus, hey, I know that you'll get stuff done. Here's what I need to get done. And you know, I'll trust you to kind of get it done at, at your pace and, and, and by the deadline kind of thing. So if you aren't offering remote work or you're still fighting that, start looking at some options for that. You know, how, how do you make that more possible? Is Be open-minded, sure. You know, let your employees define their work. I mean, to the degree they can. You know, you have the projects that have to be done and the, date, the, the, the dates that they have to be completed and let them go. Let them collaborate, you know, the same way through Zoom. And, you know, just a lot of good, good techniques today that just weren't there years ago. So, 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 you know, go ahead. The time is right. The time is right for, and, and a lot of experiments are going on with remote work and old ways and hours that basically are mandated to, to be on site. And uh, the flexibility is what people are after. And, you know, be able to get a paycheck and, and do work on my own time. Uh, that's, that's very attractive to most people today. And I think that's what we're seeing. Companies that are slow in the draw. And certain occupations require that, but uh, that's different. It's different than you creating a, an environment that's custom-made custom made for your company and the products and services that you provide. Yeah, it's, not, it's not going away. You know, it's here to stay and it's going to be, it's going to be growing. And chances are you might have lost some people to that too. Maybe some people that resigned from you is because they're going somewhere else that offers remote work you know, possibilities, or they may have gotten plucked away from a company that, that's not even in your city or region or state or your country. They, they may be somewhere else, right? So they, all of a sudden you got folks who are fighting for that good talent that, 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 that all of a sudden those what used to be safe borders to protect you aren't there anymore because all of a sudden, hey, people are able to kind of work remotely like this. So it's, it's something that you, they want to start to kind of embrace versus versus fight and, and, and be aware of it. And again, it doesn't necessarily cost you any money. Just start to kind of work, work through what, you know, what, what can that remote work look like from that standpoint. Another option that they give, Jack, number three, does cost a little bit of money. Things like company-sponsored social events. All right, happy hours get together. I think in, in today's day, too, even if people you know, prefer to work remotely, they still want to see people and kind of get together, right? So what kind of things are you doing socially to kind of create that culture and you know, different team-building activities, you know, different things that way where, again, you're, you're getting together you know, just to, to get to know each other and, and, and kind of bond. So having some kind of company-sponsored social events is, you know, is number three that they, that they kind of list there. So that might cost a little bit of money, Jack, but not a, again, not a ton of money. Right. Yeah. yeah, very affordable. And then the fourth thing that they gave was offering predictable schedules, predictable schedules, you know? So we've talked about that a lot, you know, people that, that may work first shift or second shift versus third shift. Okay. If you have that kind of going on and how that can be very disruptive, just in terms of how you feel, how, how you're doing things and everything else. Not to mention how you schedule stuff. If you if, if you have young kids or other things kind of going, other responsibilities you have to take care of. That if you're not sure what your schedule looks like, you know, this week or this month, it become, becomes very hard to plan those things and, and, and to make sure that you're able to work and get stuff taken care of, right? And so having a kind of a consistent schedule. If I know that I have certain days that I'm going to have certain days off, versus hey, you know what? I'm not sure your next day off is going to be, Jack. Maybe you work you know three straight weeks, you know, without having a day off. Yeah, we plan one, but up we have to kind of adjust it. So making it more predictable for folks um, so they kind of know when, when they're going to be working is, is, you know, is number four that they kind of listed out there from that standpoint. 
They're pretty good. Those are pretty good ideas. That's a nice article. Very timely article. Good stuff in it. Yeah. So, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll include links to these two articles. Again, there's, there's one in Inc. Magazine and one is at the, uh, the MIT uh, Sloan Management Review. We kind of go into that. They have some more links there and stuff you want to kind of dig further into it. We wanted to kind of just kind of bring that up because again, it's a topic that, that that's been an issue for a while. It's really been more of an issue, or highlighted, I think, more more lately. But it's something we, we we've seen for years, Jack, when it comes to uh, when it comes to small business in terms of just being able to attract and retain the right kind of people. And how do you do that? Right. And and we've been talking for years again about the whole money thing. And so again, it, it kind of tied into our view a little bit in terms of what what we're seeing. So to me, again, you know, whether you like different surveys, and you, you can look and see, you know what Sloan did in terms of what resources they tapped into to get some of this data. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of the same things. We've been seeing a lot of the same things over years, Jack, you know, all the small companies that, that we've been working with and coming into contact with. And so these are, again, some good ideas about what you can do and to help empower you as, as a small business. And if you're doing a lot of those things, right. So if you look at the top, you know, the top five reasons why people leave and the, you know, some, some of the, the ideas about how to keep people here, if you just work on those and maybe incorporate those as part of your plans this year. And again, what stuff are you going to do to kind of make sure that your your corporate culture is not only is it not not toxic, Jack. Again, if it's toxic, okay, that's good to be non-toxic, right? Let's you know, let's start there. But if it's not toxic, how do you make it so it's it's great and people really, really want to kind of come there, right? So don't just make it where it's kind of okay, it's not toxic. Okay, well it's better than the other guys. But hey, how do we way we're going to attract the best people is making it a very inclusive, very uh, uh, very vibrant culture. So. You know, you know, give some thought to, you know, which of these that you can maybe try out. Maybe pick one of them. Maybe pick one that you can kind of work on this year. You know, as we talk about a lot, Jack, it's hard to do a lot of things, you know, in, That's right. you know, That's right. in a year. So maybe pick one that you think, hey, this is the biggest one that's going to help us, help us. You know, if, you're, if you're going through a lot of innovation in your company, maybe, is there a way to slow it down? Is there a way to kind of pump the brakes a little bit? Or is there a way to compartmentalize it to where that, that the impact of the innovation is only going to impact certain people within the organization versus everybody's going to be feeling and riding that roller coaster up and down, you know? So again, give some thought to what, what might, what might make sense for you to be able to kind of try. And again, if you pick one, um, that's a good place to start. Yes. It's an excellent place to start. And if you have a good environment, yes, make it better. No question about it. And you can do that by bringing ideas from your employees to the table that's, a, that's to me, I found to be the best, the best way to go. Get them involved, get them speaking, uh, thinking about the company in ways they never did before. And there are ways to get them to do that and, and have fun doing it. So make your, make your good company great. And uh, the bad company, just, yeah, get to that first, first step of making it better. And then it can start to talk about good and great and those good words. So... Yes, right. we've, we've we covered some of those topics over the years too, Jack, and they were, we're almost six years into our show. And actually, today is episode two ninety nine. So next week it's going to be episode three hundred, Jack. So um, out of the other two hundred ninety eight episodes, we, we've covered topics like that before in terms of how to get your people involved and engaged. And uh, uh, one of the ways that you can kind of kind of do that if you if you're new to our show, like I said, we've got almost three hundred episodes that we've done before this. Um, you can find them all at our website, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com. And if you click on the episodes button, you'll see there's a search button there that you can put in whatever topic you want to search on or whatever question you've got. And if you put it in there and see if, if you can find the episode that uh, that covers your question. Uh, if you can't find episode that, the episode that, that, that's addressing that, you know, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at radio at maximumvp.com or give us a call 
877-849-0670. If you like what you've heard and you want to get it every week, we usually drop a new episode every Thursday morning. Uh, you can use your smart device and go to whatever your favorite podcast player, whether it be iHeart, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business, you can subscribe to it. And our show will be delivered to you every every week. You know, a new episode that as they're updated, kind of ready to go, ready for you to listen. Uh, most of our episodes, as we talk about, our, our evergreen episodes that, that, that stand the test of time. We may put a little uh, spin like we did today in terms of the, the great resignation. But again, this is a common challenge for small businesses and it has been for, for decades, Jack, and will be for decades going forward. So these, you know, these ideas will usually be very helpful no matter what, you know, what month, what year you're in from that standpoint. So we got a lot of good resources there to be able to kind of help you out. Um, so, so we appreciate you listening and being part of the show today. And we're looking forward to talking with you all again next week. Very good.